Thank you, Jim. Uh, thank you, Miss Linda, for playing. Um, there is a hunger, a deep groaning that many people experience. It's a hunger that's kind of like a disease that wrecks havoc within us. It takes many different surface forms. For one man, it's a drive to work harder, ever seeking for the next promotion, the next pay raise, the next accolade. In another fellow, we see it appear in addiction. He suffers through his search for the next high, the next drink, waiting for that feeling to kick in. Then there's a woman. She's been unfulfilled for years. She sees her life as little more than regrets and wasted opportunities. She yearns for love, for attention, for affection. Instead, she feels forgotten and alone. Or consider an old couple, afraid to live, leave their home for fear that they will be the next victim, whether it's of a virus or of a mugging or just of being passed by in a world too impatient to wait for someone slow like them. They wish for days gone by when they were welcome and they were appreciated. We all long for something. Sometimes that longing results in us looking for something good. Sometimes it's something evil. We are a people seeking but not finding. This morning I want to introduce you to some people who were seeking but not finding. Stand with me as we read from Luke chapter 24. Luke 24, we will read the first 12 verses. This is God's Word, and if you let it, oh man, this will change everything. Luke 24, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood behind by, by them in dazzling apparel, and as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them an idle tale and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and he went home marveling at what had happened. Pray with me. Father, we are a seeking people. May we find what we seek in you. Break through the hardness of our hearts this morning with your word. In Christ's name we pray, amen. We are a seeking people. We always have been. Ever since we were kicked out of the Garden of Eden, we have been seeking and not finding. Adam and Eve sought to be like God when they already were, and they ended up losing almost all resemblance to Him in the process. Ever since this deep hunger has been within each and every one of us. The reason I bring this up is because in this passage in Luke's gospel, we find some fellow seekers. Look back at verses 1 through 3. But on the first day of the week, now, it had just been the Sabbath, the last day of the week. 
But now on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared and found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus, seeking but not finding. We learn in verse 10 who they were. Verse 10, now it was Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, you remember her. Someone who was demon-possessed that had been healed. Joanna, some, some, uh, another gospel writer calls her by a different name. So, Salome, I believe. But Mary, the mother of James, and the other women. There's a whole entourage of women. This woman comes to the tomb early in the morning, coming to anoint the body of their Lord with prepared spices. In the rush of the trial, conviction, execution, and of Christ's body, there wasn't hardly any time to put any sort of anointing on the body as would be properly done. And so what did they do? They go at the next available opportunity. They couldn't go on the Sabbath. Sabbath is a day of rest. Sabbath was a day not to anoint dead, but to rest and to worship. And so on the first day of the week, they come ready to anoint the body. This wasn't this wasn't actually all that uncommon in one sense. People go into the tomb of a family member to pray for the recently deceased. It was part of mourning. It was part of their faith. It was part of their love. But when they came, the stone that had blocked the entrance to the tomb wasn't there. What's more, and what's more important, the body wasn't there. Now, don't gloss over this. The women came seeking a body that they could not find. It wasn't there. Imagine losing something so precious to you. What would you do? You're a shepherd and you lose a sheep out of a hundred. What do you do? You leave the 99 to go look for the one. You're a woman who's lost a coin. What do you do? You clean the house until you find it. Jesus told us those parables because the point is true. When we lose something precious, we seek it. And that's what they're doing. Imagine, can you picture them looking around? Is this the right tomb? Are we sure we're in the right place? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw, you remember that tree with the crooked branch we were talking about? Yeah, that this is the right one. Well, maybe it's in a different part of the tomb. Tombs in that day would have multiple places for bodies to be laid. So maybe it's in a different part of the tomb. No, 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 they're all empty. There's nowhere else. He was the only one in here. No wonder the beginning of verse 4 tells us they were perplexed about these things. That word perplexed, it shows us not only the mental side, them trying to understand, it also shows us the emotional side. They were anxious. Not only are they racking their brains trying to figure it out, they're scared. Nervous wrecks, probably. Can you picture them? Their pulses elevate. Their faces begin to turn red with fear. Their palms begin to sweat. What are we going to do? Where is he? Who took him? While they were perplexed about this, verse 4, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? With the cacophony of emotions and thoughts running through their heads and their hearts, two men suddenly appeared, perplexed, anxious, frightened. The women must have looked like mothers trying to homeschool their kids. And then the men ask a question that gets to the heart of all of our seeking, the very reason we seek and don't find. Why do you seek the living among the dead. 
Do you want to know why you're always seeking and never finding? Now, I'm not talking about your lost car keys. I'm talking about that deep, deep seeking. Do you want to know why you seek and never find? When nothing seems to bring satisfaction, no matter how hard you try, whether it's an empty religious ritual or an all-out quest for attention and affection or whether you search an academic achievement or athletic prowess or whether you're looking at ancient philosophies or modern technologies, the reason you cannot find what you're seeking for, you won't find them there. How do I know? Because of what you're really seeking for. I said earlier that all of us have deep longings and they show up in many different ways on the surface. All these surface solutions, they can't fix the deeper problem. All of us have what some have called a God-shaped hole. That may sound cheesy. But just last week, there was an article in the Washington Post by Kate Cohen. She is a former Jew who grew up barely religious and now claims to be atheist. She said that she was drawn to this idea of the Passover meal, that it had some sort of appeal to it. How does an atheist find a religious ritual so enticing? She doesn't believe in God. In fact, she says in the article, quote, we don't need religion, but as the crisis reminds us, we still need certain things that religion can provide. Now, she won't admit it, but that's evidence she knows something is missing in her life, and she's trying to fill it. She's trying to fill it with a functional religiosity that's a poor imitation of the real thing. What we're truly seeking is not merely connection with our ancestors, affection from others, a place to belong. What we are seeking isn't the high from a drug. The high is just a mask to cover up the pain of reality. All of these things are symptoms of a disease that penetrates deep down to our souls. We are empty and only God himself can fill that void within us. The women, the women came seeking for Jesus, but they came looking in the wrong place. They expected to find him in a place no longer he was because they expected that nothing had changed since the crucifixion, but everything had changed. They sought among the dead. They didn't know that he wasn't dead. Verse 6, he is not here, but has risen. Your version may have has been raised. God did it, and he's God. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. This angelic message to those women is the same as it is to us. You're looking in the wrong place. Look in the right place. Don't look fulfillment in the wrong places. Don't look in affection or in fame and adoration and money and work and drugs and empty religion. That's why Jesus can tell his disciples, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find for everyone who asks receives and the one who seeks finds. How can he say that? Because he's the one we're searching for. Jesus Christ is the one who can satisfy us. He's the one who will give our lives purpose. He's the one who can fill the hole within us and bring fulfillment while all the world chases after idol idols. Our God, the living God, seeks us. He wants you to know what it means to have a reason to live. He wants you to know what it means to have meaning and purpose and mission. He wants you to know Him and to experience life like no other. He wants you to know what it means to be free from sin, free from guilt, free from shame. He wants you to have the joy of serving Him to be what you are always 
meant to be. But you won't find that in any other source. You'll never know what it's supposed to be like until you meet the one who made you, who sustains you, who loves you. And where do the angels point these women? Where do they tell them to look? If I'm not to look among the tombs, where am I to find this Jesus? Look to his words. Remember what he said. Those words of Christ ring within the women's ears from Luke 9.22. The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and on the third day be raised. Or maybe they thought of what Matthew wrote in Matthew 20.18 and 19. See, you're going to Jerusalem and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the scribes and they will condemn him to death and deliver him over to the Gentiles to be mocked and flogged and crucified and he will be raised on the third day. Do you remember the words of Christ? Do they ring within your ears as they rang within the ears of these women? This medley of righteous words? They did. Verse 8. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the rest. Oh, that we would seek Christ rather than riches or fame or affection from men. Oh, that we would turn from our religiosity, from our addiction, from our bloodthirst, and turn to the Christ who would give His life for our sins and rise again on the third day for our salvation. Oh, that we would turn from our vainly seeking the living among the dead. And remember the words of the Savior. That we would remember His words and believe in Him and find what we have been seeking for all our lives. Matthew tells us something else about these women. So they departed quickly from the tomb, he says, with fear and great joy and ran to tell His disciples, oh, that we would run with haste to others to share the good news that Jesus Christ lives, that we would hurry to share what we found. Let us not be found lagging behind. Let us not be found going about this work with slothfulness and apathy. Luke 24.11 But these words seemed to them, the apostles, an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Oh, that we might not respond in disbelief. That we may not hear this good news and be unimpressed by it. Oh, that it would not become white noise, the noise of a fan, so constant that we drown it out. May we not allow the story to become a fairy tale and have no bearing on our lives. Oh, may we not disbelieve. Oh, may we believe. For Peter... But Peter rose and ran to the tomb. The same word used to describe the women making all haste to get to the disciples to tell them what happened describes Peter running to the tomb. Stooping and looking in, he saw the linen cloths by themselves and went home marveling at what had happened. Even he didn't get it. We are seeking people. Every one of us. We always have been. And while there are a myriad of things we are seeking, we're really only seeking one. Christ is the one thing that every single one of us needs, that every single one of us longs for, that each and every one of us yearns to have, to know. Stop seeking the living among the dead. Stop looking in all the wrong places. Stop looking at all the wrong things to fill the void within you. Turn to Christ. Be fulfilled.
Let me pray for you. Father, we seek and we do not find because we're looking for the living among the dead. All those things that we turn to, all those things that we hope in, all those things that we base our lives upon, they're all dead. We may as well worship stone idols. All those things that we give preeminence are worthless. But you, you are the living God who was and who is and who is to come. Father, may we find our fulfillment in you because that's the only place we are going to find it. May we trust you with our lives, with our souls, not just to get out of hell, not just to avoid punishment, not just because heaven sounds a whole lot better. Birth within us a love for you, a love that will satisfy our deepest longings. God, help us seek you. As you promised in Deuteronomy 4, you will seek me and you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. May that be true of us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.